Welcome to the Super Expander Podcast. My name is Corrine Phelps, your host. I'm a business and growth coach, money mindset expert, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. My journey has taken me all over from working in finance to owning a boutique fitness studio. I found myself burnt out, miserable, and questioning everything. Saying things to myself like, there's got to be more to life than this. Refusing to settle for a mediocre existence, I went all in, learning how to harness untapped potential and rewire the subconscious mind to create an extraordinary life. The last 10 years have been a crash course in self-love, building a business, creating community, building wealth, and doing what it takes to just freaking go for it. My mission is to help you align to your purpose, Rewire your subconscious to support your big dreams and vision and create a life that you're absolutely obsessed with. So sit back, tune in, and prepare to expand. Felicia Romero is an eight-time fitness cover model, including Oxygen Magazine, Muscle and Fitness Hers, and Flex Magazine. She opened her first gym at age 22 and over the years has built and run her gym until two years ago when she sold the Fit Method to create more freedom in her life and to build her online business. Today, Felicia mentors entrepreneurs and fitness coaches, helping them build their brands and businesses online through her new program, The Wealthy Wellness Coach. She's also the host of Hi Felicia podcast and the founder of Luna True Nutrition. Hello, super expanders. Welcome back to the podcast. So excited to have such a special guest here to share all of her wisdom and her light with you. So I'm so excited to share with you and introduce you to Felicia Romero. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. Yes. So excited. So I would like to give a little bit of context of how we are sitting here. Mm-hmm. And it's really funny because this is it's actually the first time that we're sitting down to have a like formal conversation, but we've been sort of like on the peripheral of each other's worlds actually for quite some time. I think we're in yeah. a lot of the same bubbles. We come with come from a very similar, similar background. And so mm-hmm. we're here through a mutual friend, my friend Sid who sort of facilitated this conversation. It's like, I can't even believe this has never ha- happened before. I know. I'm so excited to be on. This is going to be so fun. So fun. So everybody listening knows we, we just waste no time around here getting to like the deep stuff because, mm-hmm. because you know, I mean, life's too short to, to have small talk. So let's, let's just dive right in. Who is Felicia deep down to your core on a soul level? Mm, this is such a great question. And I honestly have not thought about this in quite a while. And I journal quite often. And, and this isn't something that I've really like taken a look at. And a couple times a year, I actually, um, and this is what I have some of my clients do as well. Um, we're all like reach out to like close friends and family and like, Hey, if you were to describe me in you know three to four words, like what would that be? Because oftentimes how people see us and how we see ourselves can be totally different, right? Um, I know one of my clients had met, had done this exercise and she, you know, someone came back and was, I see you as really confident. And she's like, Oh my gosh, really? You see me as confident. And she didn't feel confident. So I always mm-hmm. think it's really interesting how people perceive us versus how we see ourselves. But deep down inside, I would say for me, um, Felicia at the core, just, I guess for me, I'm, I'm in this search of, I know that as a type three Enneagram, I'm always on this never content. And I feel the last couple of years, I've been on this journey of surrender. And 
really just not having to chase happiness anymore, but knowing that happiness is within me at all times and I can choose happiness. And so for me, it's really spending time with people that I love, doing the things that truly bring me joy, seeing in others what they may not see in themselves. And I love a stress-free life. So coming from a background of highly stressed, I was a competitor and I used to own all of these gyms and I was just in a stressful state. I value peace and stress and just being happy at your core, even if it's just sitting on the couch with you know, my fiance or my dog. So yeah. Mm, I love that. I also love the way that you framed that in that you get to choose that we get to choose happiness or that happiness mm-hmm. truly is a choice. It's definitely a philosophy that that I share too. Mm-hmm. Which I think is really interesting because that's not the way that happiness is very often you know spoken about. It's something that we're chasing that you're gonna arrive at. And there's this hugely the liberating thing when you start to realize that in each moment in each day you get to choose. So how did you arrive at that at that knowing? Oh, that's a great question. It's honestly been the last couple of years really leaning into surrender. Um, I was in a very like, I'm a very, you know, control, like I have to know the outcome of things. And I was also in that chasing happiness. So like, oh, if I get to this milestone, I will be happy. If I live in my dream house, I will be happy. And I was very much programmed that way for many years coming from the background of fitness you know, I, I prided myself on the physical attributions, on getting to a destination, on stepping on a stage, on accomplishing the thing. And what I realized, if I had to really look back, um, you know, at my journey, and this is if I were to just use wellness as an example, you know, I've been the leanest that I've ever been. I've been on the Olympia stage. For the audience who may not know what that is, I was a competitor for nine years. I competed at the Olympia. I was a figure competitor. I've done all the magazine shoots with an Oxygen Flex magazine. And I literally remember not feeling worthy or good enough at the leanest. I was, I was competing in the Super Bowl of what I did on stage, placing fourth in the world, still not feeling good enough. And then I remember going through a period of time where I gained a lot of weight. Um, I was a binge eater. I had body dysmorphia. I had a lot of hormonal issues from that sort of extreme dieting. Um, I also did a reality TV show where I had to put on weight intentionally for my sister, where I had to put on 30 to 40 pounds. And I was not happy then either. And so it's like, what is it? You know, you have all the things and you're not happy. It's like, there's something within us that we must create. Like, when is the last time that you took a walk and literally just looked at the plants and the flowers and smelled the air and the sunlight? Like, we get to, we, we have beauty all around us. And it wasn't until the last couple of years when I'm in the dream house, we built our house from scratch, I've hit milestones in my business, you know, been able to make a very good living doing what I love. And coming to this realization of like, gosh, Felicia, you're still in this mind frame of never enough. And I did my my first breathwork session about two years ago with a woman shaman, uh, shaman jelly healer named Anahata. She's in Sedona. And my life was changed from that moment. Like it just ripped, like just ripped right, right open. And, you know, a lot of images and things came to me during that breathwork. So it was a 90 minute breathwork session. And so you know, and since then I've done two more. Um, and that was really the start of my journey of just surrender. And so I would say it's been the last couple of years having this awakening within me. Uh, so, so many good things laced in there. So 
what I started thinking about as you were talking about, you know, like having these milestones and, and goals, I feel like that translates across the board in so many different ways, you know, in entrepreneurship and we, we decide we're like, Oh, I want to make 10, I want, I want 10 K months. And that's going to be the thing that makes you feel successful. That gives you the confidence. It's going to make you happy. You want to buy the car. You want to have the house, whatever it happens to be. And it's net, like a lot of times it's, that's, we, it's not the solution, right? It's the thing that we have to turn and find in, inside of ourselves. And also half of the time, the happiness that you find or the joy or the excitement truly is in the anticipation. It's never the actual achievement. And I think that's a multitude of things. Oftentimes we hit the milestone and we bypass the celebration, right? Because the minute you achieve something, we're already on to like, okay, well, check that box. What's, what's the, that was totally the me. next next thing and you don't sit there and linger in it Mm -hmm. and then if you happen to be like really I guess like in the moment and someone who is very mindful oftentimes we are using visualization practices to create the thing so then it's very anti-climactic once you actually create the thing because you've been visualizing it you've been manifesting it you've been lingering in it so then you get there and you're like well oh hold on this doesn't seem as great as it was going to be the whole entire time. I like built the up that there was going to be this huge like experience of emotion when, yeah. you know, you, you win, you win the medal. Yeah. So how have you in that process of finding that you get, that it's something you have to cultivate for yourself? Like what has been your process? What things support you in connecting with that on a daily basis? Yeah, that's such a great question. Cause again, I, I love goals. Like I'm a very, I'm, I'm, you know, I, for me operate in a little bit more of that masculine energy. I love the goals. I love like setting it. And so, you know, if you have a goal, whether it's weight loss or a career, like by all means set the goal, but do know it's not the thing it, you know, it's, it's who you're becoming along the way while you're achieving that goal. And oftentimes we want like the shortcuts. We want to get there really quickly and like you're missing the best part. Right. And so for me, I think because I was always so tunnel vision on the thing that I needed to get to, a lot of it came from, you know, my own, you know, thinking that I needed those things in order to make me happy. And again, I, I love making money. I love money. I love talking about money. I love that I'm able to do what I love. But I knew at the end of the day, once I got there, I had to have this reflection of like, gosh, that wasn't the thing that really is making me happy. Like I need to like revise this a little bit. Like what is this thing? And so for me, whenever I start to feel that like the, the, the comparison or the not good enough or the, the, the things that take me away from, um, my happiness, it usually comes back to my ego. You know, it's like the comparison. I'm, I don't have what she has. I'm not where I want to be. And really, we have everything we need already within us. And that's not to say that you can't set goals. Goals are fantastic. But who are you being each and every day? For instance, if you have launched your business and you are, um, you know, going after the thing, it's not the highlight reels and having a 100K launch that is the thing that makes you who you are. It's who you are when no one is showing up to your phone. Mm. It's who you are when no one signs up for your launch. That's when you're tested. And like, can you cultivate the self-led woman when no one is showing up to sign up? And that's what is going to create the resiliency in you. And so it's like, can you still celebrate the one person that signed up to your 
group program that you launched and now it's a one-on-one program, right? Can you keep showing up for yourself if you worked hard in the gym all week and you noticed that you had no weight loss, fat loss, if that's your goal, can you still cultivate happiness? Because if you're only relying on, well, I got to lose weight or I got to lose body fat or I got to do this thing in order to feel a certain way, then you're, you're, you're always going to be chasing the thing. So, you know, for me, I think it's slowing down. It's becoming incredibly aligned with what I'm creating in this life and what truly makes me happy. It's following my intuition. So I know I mentioned that I have that like tendency to have the masculine energy. It's being able to integrate that feminine intuition, that feminine alignment, that, that feel good energy, the nudges that you get, the like, oh, like, you know, the masculine in me, you know, creates this launch strip, launch plan, launch strategy. But if like, I don't really feel like doing the masterclass, can I become flexible, you know, with my methods? And so, um, for me, it's, it's really stopping to celebrate. Yes, I celebrate everything. I celebrate like when I have amazing launches. I celebrate when I wake up in the morning and I'm feeling really great. I, I mean, I celebrate it all. And I think for me, that's what allows me to um, shift into that gratitude, right? The gratitude in where I'm at, where I've been and where I'm going. And so, and I often tell my clients too, it's like, um, especially because I work with a lot of like, you know, high achieving women, women who are doing the thing. And it's like, can we just have one foot in gratitude? and one foot in desire. And that's where that sweet spot sits, right? And so, yeah, yeah, hopefully that answered your question. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. So when you were talking about valuing a stress, a stress free life, so Mm -hmm. I find that that there was some irony in in that not that you value it, but um, with the things that you were drawn to before that, because they are such like kind of like high stretch situations. Yeah. And what I think is interesting about that is we always tend to like really be drawn to these things that sometimes aren't always the best for us. Meaning, you know, like you're talking about valuing low, low stress, but yet being like a moth to a flame to these mm-hmm. things that were putting you in this place that was like not your, not where you felt like you would thrive, specifically, right. even though you were thriving. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, I think because I love the challenge. I love anything that is challenging and is going to push me beyond my comfort level. I do believe that that is where true evolution and growth comes from. And so what I mean by really valuing a stress-free life, and this really comes back down to core values, like, you know, I have, and this comes back to my environment, like, people that I'm surrounded by, my friends, my family. I used to really, I used to be in relationships where I was always worried that he was cheating on me. Like that leads to a lot of stress in yourself. Right. And now the friends, are, my, my environment is really solid. I attract really solid people because I have changed internally. And so I'm attracting like really healthy versions of me, healthy adults. I'm in a solid trusting relationship. Um, you know, I've created this life that I live in overflow, you know, I live in abundance. I've created a lot of systems that has allowed for residual and passive income. Um, I, that to me is like, that's what I love, like waking up knowing, you know, and, and also too, I, I do believe that, you know, our body can't differentiate between, you know, like excitement and, and fear, right? It, it feels the same thing in the body. So for instance, you know, I had these talks this, this year. I did a lot of public speaking this year was one of my intentions when I set out to write a book. And I, um, 
got offered this amazing speaking engagement where Glennon Doyle was the keynote, you know, and when they called me and they said, Hey, we want you to speak. And these were the keynotes. Like we have Jasmine Starr, we have Glennon Doyle, Patrice Washington, like all the, I'm like, like immediately went into fearful mode. Like, and again, there's fear and yes, there was like soup, like excitement, but I tended to lean into the fear a little bit because I went into, am I good enough? And I started comparing myself and I said, well, gosh, all of these women are going to be there to see these. Like, what am I going to say? Like, I immediately went into comparison and the body can't really differentiate. And the moment that I switched into excitement mode, like, what can I do to show up and share my message? What do these women need to hear? It makes it more enjoyable, right? So I could have easily been in a stress state all the way up to the actual conference, right? Like not getting any sleep, stressed about what I was going to say versus leaning into my intuition, what I know I'm really good at, my gifts, you know, and, and leaning into serving. What do these women need to hear? It immediately went into excitement. So like we can shift inside of us the way that we perceive a certain situation. So um, the stress that I used to be involved with, what I noticed it was my environment. It was the people that I was surrounded by. It was obviously what I was putting my body through. But I also know that you can still be on a wellness journey and not put yourself through stress. You can, mm-hmm. you can do a, you can, you can be on a wellness journey and, and do all of the things that you love doing on that wellness journey. I was doing things based on fear of, I need to look a certain way on stage. And if I don't, I'm not going to place the way I want to place. And so that led to a lot of stress and anxiety. Mm, so beautifully said. There were so many like nuggets of, of wisdom in there because it really is. It's all about the lens with which we are seeing things, right? Because you could do all the things that you were doing, but just with a, a different perspective. And it doesn't necessarily have to be stressful. It's just the, mm-hmm. the thing that's driving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why, you know, we talk about hard work. And like does, and this is where we get to like play devil's advocate a little bit and we get to really like lean into having these conversations, but like does hard work always have to equate to suffering, right? And does it have to be this like, oh, like this is so hard. I'm suffering to get to this place. And a lot of that, you hear that in a lot of like the toxic hustle culture, right? And so hard work to me is, doesn't have to be the suffering state to get to this place that you want to get to. And so we get to shift that. And so, you know, it's, 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 it's fun to think about that. Like what is hard work to you, you know? And so, um, and for me, it's shifted over the years. I used to think that in order to make a lot of money, I had to work incredibly hard, spend a lot of time in order to make that money. In the last couple of years, I've been able to master working less, more aligned and making more, right? And so it doesn't have to be this, this I'm suffering in order to, to make this happen, right? So I have a question for you. Have you joined the Super Expander free mentorship community? If not, what are you waiting for? Stop what you're doing right now and text the word mentor to 202-918-3235. Text the word mentor to 202-918-3235. I send out weekly tips and inspiration to help you grow your business, to step into your wealthiest, most highest self, to harness your full potential and live an exceptional and extraordinary life. 
life. And the best part is it's really me sending those messages. So text me, say hello, and send me your questions. Yeah, I think it's the separation of hard work being associated with suffering, I think, because there is so much, there is such a I guess, deep conversation on, especially on social media, that I think does a massive disservice for entrepreneurs of the, oh, let it feel easy, let it feel easy. And I don't think that enough context is given mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. that because the let it feel easy is more like, how can you make hard work? feel easy how can you make your hard work feel easy versus you know I have to endure pain in order to have the things that I desire yeah that's such a good question and if you were to really analyze like the coaching industry right now you do hear a lot of just this and I do feel like it is going to shift in 2023 into like I feel like just be in good energy and just let it flow really does people a disservice because you it is going to be work like things are not always going to feel easy when they're new to you. So, you know, I'll give you an example, showing up on video for some clients that I have, like it literally is like pulling teeth for them. They are so terrified to create video, you know, and I was like, well, it's literally just ripping off the bandaid. You're never going to know unless you actually do it. And do you think my first podcast four years ago was awesome? Like I've cringed to go back and listen to my first podcast, which probably no one listened to. And uh, I probably said a lot of likes and ums, and I had no idea what I was saying. And that's just part of it. My first public speaking engagement, I'm pretty sure I did not do well. I remember um, I spoke at a school, there was like 800 students there. And I remember like being stuck on certain words, and I didn't know what I was going to say next. Like it, you have to start somewhere, right? You're never going to know in practice. It's like taking reps in the gym, you're going to get better with time. And so it's not always going to feel easy. And so there's this like misconception of like, you know, be good vibe, be high vibe in order to sell. And I do believe yes, energy is important. But you can have a business that doesn't rely on you being high vibe all the time. Because as you know, you've gone through some issues, you know, with your your dog, I know I have two animals, and I have family members right now that you know, I have one that has some health issues, like, I'm able to take time off in my job, in my work, in my, you know, what I do online and still make money. So I totally don't agree with like, you have to be high vibe all the time in order to make money. Like, no, you can make money in your business. It's kind of like, hey, if, you know, you work at, you know, a retailer and you're checking people out at Target and you're like, well, I'm just not feeling high vibe right now. I'm going to have someone else come in and check you out. Like, no, like this is part of being an entrepreneur. You have to be able to show up, yes, but you don't always have to be this high vibe, high energy person. Oh, that's that is the truth. I think, and the well, speaking because we're now on the in the coaching industry. I think a big piece of what is driving all of that is that you know, ever your people are jumping in, jumping in, and so there a lot of time it's just like repeating what they've heard, so mm. that piece of embodiment is actually missing. And Mm -hmm. so you don't get the context with it because they don't actually have the context within their experience or the context within just their business or just even within their own body to be able to have the language to really speak that out. Mm -hmm. But I love the fact that you're talking about, you know, beginner's mindset. I, I mean, in my opinion, I think that a lot of the things that solve all of that is that 
the more transparent we can be or like vulnerably we can show up when you show up kind of in that beginner's mindset. Like kids don't show up saying, hey, I am getting ready to play soccer for the first time thinking that they are going to be complete. They just go and they play, right? They don't yeah. think they're, I'm going to be like, you know, a professional soccer player here at the age of <laughs> seven years old. They're just like, I just want to play. And they get out there and they play. And it that's what we get to do as entrepreneurs too. It's if you can start to bring that element of, you know, it, it's a game and you're, you're starting out. And what mm-hmm. I think is pretty, pretty cool, especially whether it's a podcast or even through social media, but you actually have the documentation right there in front of you that shows how far you've come. For sure. hundred percent. And oftentimes we forget that. Like right now, if you're listening to this, like just like take a moment. I think we can easily get so down on ourselves and in this day and age of like social media. And I grew my first business when there was no social media. I opened up my first gym when I was 21, had no social media. It was literally just me having this vision. I've always been a big dreamer. But, you know, we get stuck in this comparison mode and you're comparing your chapter, your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20. And like, if you can just sit and just reflect on how far you've come, you'd be, you'd be shocked. Like, wow, I, I'm so proud as, you know, how far I've come and what I've done in this space, whatever that is for you, whether it's weight loss or your career or relationships, whatever it is. And so, you know, taking a moment to reflect on how far you've come can really go a long way. And it really comes back to to you. Stop. You know, I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, if you are having, um, I, I think some there's three things that happen with, uh, like energetically when we, and I call them energetic leaks. And energetic leaks happen when we are number one in comparison mode. You know, the moment that you start comparing yourself to someone else, the moment you start consuming before you create, again, back to embodiment, the moment you're letting go of your power that you have within you to energy. Number two is not having boundaries and people pleasing, right? And when we don't have boundaries and we're people pleasing, we're doing a lot of things that we don't want to do. We're saying yes to things that we don't really want to say yes to, which can lead to a lot of energy. You know, how many of you listening right now have done things when you didn't really want to do them and you realize that um, you didn't want to take on that client or say yes to this, you know, dinner that you now have to get ready for. You really didn't want to go. And, you know, we have to really be mindful of those things. So, um, yeah, comparison, people pleasing, and oh my gosh, what was the last one? I know that there's one more that I usually talk about, but I, I, I totally forgot. I'm spacing. I'm spacing now on the name. Um, but yeah, so if you're doing that, you know, realize a lot of that energy is leaking from you that you could actually be spending on your goals, your life, and creating the, 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 the goals and the life that you desire. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. I was just talking about that the other day, saying yes to things that, that are no. I think that happens pretty often in, because we're not, like we're on this autopilot. So your Mm -hmm. default is a yes versus Mm -hmm. pausing for a second and then asking yourself, can, can can I really do this? Do I want to do this? And it becomes also a spiral too, because a couple things happen in that. You either do the thing and you're completely resentful or you then don't do it. And then you have this internal struggle where you erode your confidence because when you don't keep your commitments, then your confidence goes way down. So it's so important to just hit that, like pause for a second and ask those couple questions. And it's really even totally fair to say when someone asks you to do something, it's, can I get back to you? I need to make sure, like, let me, let me get back to you. I have to double check a few things before I commit. I'd rather you know, not say yes, and then come back and and give you an honest answer. 
100%. I was just going to say that, like, and this is going to be great practice for everyone right now listening, especially around the holidays. I don't know when this episode's dropping, but you know, there's a lot of stuff going on and holiday parties and all the things. And it's like, before you actually go, you know, get overly excited and say, yes, like sit with yourself for a little bit and really ask yourself, like, you know, and pause, like you mentioned. And I think that would be great practice, especially right now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, so good. So we've been just sitting there jamming on all the things and we haven't even gotten to, to share exactly, tell everybody what you, what you do, how you bring all this wisdom to the world. Yeah. Gosh, I, I guess for me, I just turned 40 this last year. And I've done a lot of reflecting as I've, you know, reached my year pinnacle 40. And I've really lived so many different lives, I feel, you know, from college, I went to Arizona State, was playing softball at Arizona State, and I was studying law, like I went down the law school route, you know, I took my LSAT for law school, I was doing all of those things when I actually opened up my first gym at 21, um, actually right out of my house, right out of my garage. So I have had I have had no now 20 years of entrepreneurship. I've never actually worked for anybody. Um so opening up my first gym it, it was kind of this natural this is what I want to do. Had no idea what it was going to take me. So most of my story in my life has been like truly following my passion which is which has really created this purpose. And you know, opened up my first gym at 21 and over the course of 12 years, I opened up three gyms um, from like 2001, 2002, all the way to about 2017 is when I sold my last gym to move into the online space. Um, through that time, a lot of different things from competing to fitness modeling on covers of like Oxygen, Muscle and Fitness, Hers, Flex, to um, reality TV. I've done a little bit of reality TV where I was on a, a reality show called Fit to Fat to Fit. Um, to kind of what I'm doing now, which I pivoted into the online space to really create more time freedom and to be able to honestly work from anywhere. And I was really intrigued by creating passive income and creating wealth. Um, got my real estate license a couple years ago. So my fiance and I, we have rental properties all throughout Arizona, um, wanting to open by another rental property in 2023. So um, I'm really intrigued by actually creating wealth and not having to live the trading time for money aspect or the scraping by and also teaching women how to do the same. Um, mm -hmm. So I specifically help a lot of wellness coaches, fitness coaches, women in the, in the online space, teaching them how to show up authentically, organically, being able to build multi-six-figure businesses organically without any paid ads or funnels um, by using the power of social media. You know, I believe social media is this amazing tool for your business. It's not your business, but it's a tool for your business that allows you to literally create a life and income that you desire all because it's like the lowest hanging fruit, I believe. It's like super easy to create a post and connect with people online. And over time, you get better at that skill. But there are women in my world that are literally creating millions of dollars in the DMs, right? And so that's powerful. That is so powerful to be able to be at home in your pajamas, creating literally like legacy wealth from social media and posting and content and showing up as your most authentic self. So that's really what I teach women to do. Ah, uh, so good. I'm like, as I'm sitting here listening to you talk, I'm like, man, are we like the same person? No. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Fitness, all the things, wealth. I'm like, hey, yeah. that's so, so many parallels. I love, I, I love it too. My goodness. And I also have never actually had a job or worked for anyone either. So yeah, like Crazy. think about our life. Like 
and and again, I I've had a lot of ups and downs financially over the years. It wasn't until the last five years is when I really like honed in on my money mindset and healed my money mindset. Um, because I, you know, as little as seven years ago, I've had my car repossessed, like right in front of my business, you know, and running a business, owning a gym. It's not like I was a millionaire, like I, payroll, you know, like I had to pay people to like, you know, I was last paid as, as you know, like when I had my gym, I had gosh, five employees. I had 12 subcontractor trainers. I, I was a membership based gym where we had classes. I was the last to get paid. So, you know, and I always had to make sure obviously the hard costs were paid, payroll was paid, all the things. And so for me, I didn't have the wealth that I wanted. And I, I was working really, really hard to do it. And so it wasn't until the last couple of years that I really honed in on my money mindset. But gosh, you know, I understand what it's like to hustle, what it's like to scrape, what it's like to literally have $100 in your bank account after all the bills go out and trying to figure out how you're going to make it happen again next month. And so like, Mm -hmm. that struggle was real. I understand it. I remember during times when I was in between gyms, or I like sold the gym, I had a partnership that I was I had a non compete for a year that was bought out of partnership. And I had to like figure it out for a year. I had to train people in the park. I had to go to people's homes. Like I know what it's like because I've always had to hustle. And that's why I'm so passionate about creating real wealth because again, that's what has allowed me to live a stress-free life because money does give you choices, right? And Mm. so, um, so yeah, so I get it. I totally get it. But yeah, it's been nice to reflect and know like I've never actually had a real job. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh, right? I, I always say that entrepreneurship, you don't choose entrepreneurship, it chooses you. Um, yeah. Because it's really, I think some some entrepreneurs get into it thinking that's just like glamorous kind of lifestyle, which I mean, I think in a lot of ways it is just because the you get to choose your mm-hmm. what you're doing and what you're putting your time into in some capacity, or at least it mm-hmm. feels like you're choosing because no one's telling you what right. to do you're telling yourself what to do which is to me a form of of freedom but it definitely is not for the faint of heart right it's kind of like sure. if you knew what you were getting into when you when you started doing it a lot of times people would they, they just wouldn't jump in mm-hmm. which it's brings the biggest personal development lesson you'll ever go through oh my gosh biggest. yes if you uh, thought you had some stuff in you like entrepreneurship brings that out, you know? So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it definitely is not for the faint of heart for sure. Yeah. It's, I always say that I think entrepreneurship is like the Olympics for personal development and it's, it's chicken or egg, I think too, because a lot of times personal development is what gets people into entrepreneurship. It's like Mm -hmm. that way, or you get into entrepreneurship and you want to grow and evolve into like whatever your next level is. And you start to realize that, you you have to do some kind of work because everything is a mirror and reflected back to you. So whatever it is, whatever problems, whatever patterns are happening in in your business are typically just a reflection of something that you need to re- resolve internally yeah. inside of yourself. And the minute you you take that ownership, it's like mind blown to the to the next level you go. Mm, so true. Yep. So good. So on this journey that you, you've been on of growing businesses of, which also I will say like go back and, and say that the, the fact that it's been a roller coaster ride, the transparency in terms of like finances and all that, which is part of the entrepreneurship chooses you because 
It is true, right? It takes so many different tries, so many, so many different businesses, oftentimes so many different stabs at different things in order to find the, the find your way, find the strategy that's going to work, find the right business that you're putting your energy and effort into. It's rarely just like the first business that you have that just turns out to be like the most profitable thing. I mean, mm-hmm. there's some, some lucky people out there that that mm-hmm. does happen to, but it's definitely not the norm. So along the way, who, there had to have been somebody that inspired you, showed you that this was all possible for you. So I'd love to hear a super expander story from you. Mm, That's such a great question. I have, I feel like I have many, but if I were to go like even further, because I do feel like things that happen in childhood can completely set you up into adulthood. And it's my mom, like my mom has and and the thing is, like, if you can just have one person that pushes you and that believes in you, and I think, you know, Oprah had her teacher, right? Um, My, my mom, I remember this one specific time, I was in seventh grade, and I was always been very athletic, you know, my mom's athletic, my whole mom's family is athletic, my dad's not part of the picture, by the way, so he was never really part of my life. And so um, she, I, you know, made the team, the volleyball team, my seventh grade year, but I sat the bench. I was second string. So for those that may not know, they're listening. Second strings, essentially like the team that comes in after, like they win a lot, they get a lot of points. Like they, oh, let's just bring in the second team to start, you know? So I was the second string and I didn't start. And my mom at the end of the season was just like, I, and she, my mom, my mom is also like very competitive. I had to play all the sports and all the things. And so She's like, you know what? I, I don't want to see you sit the bench. You know, I'm going to ask you this question. You give me a straight up honest answer. Do you want to be the best next year? I said, yes, I want to be the best. All right. So, you know, being a single mom, she worked overtime all the time to be able to allow me and my sisters to like do the extra things. And so she signed me up for a club volleyball team called East Valley Junior Olympics. And you have to pay to be on it, obviously. And so like she really stretched herself, but she got me on this team. And I spent a year, I was the worst on the team, right? And so I was with all these girls that were really good. All of them ended up going to college and playing and all the things. And so I played for a whole year. And you mean, when you think about a year, like if someone were to say like, oh, it's going to take you a year to come back and you're going to be better at this, like we'll be really put in the time because, you know, everyone wants those fast, those fast track things, right? And so there are no, really, there are no shortcuts. Again, you are becoming who you need to become in that time spent doing the thing. And so I spent a year getting better and I came back eighth grade year and people were just, the girls were shocked. They're like, who is this person? I was first string, I'd made first string, you know, I was was starter and I got MVP that year. And I think about that story a lot. I share that story, you know, when I did some public speaking engagements this year. And, you know, I'm a firm believer that it's not the highlight reels and the successes that makes someone, makes someone unstoppable or, a super expander. It's the failures that do. And yes, so, yeah. and it's like, it's like, who are you when things aren't working out? And you mentioned business, you know, business and entrepreneurship is a lot of trial and error. And I listened to this podcast called How I Built This with Naz and he had the the ring founder on, you know, I always know the ring, you know, I, we have the ring here at our house. It didn't start out as a security system for your home. It started out as a doorbell. And it, it, it literally, this, the owner, the founder of the ring shared a story of like him and his wife literally sitting on their kitchen floor about to go bankrupt. Now, mind you, this company was bought for like $2 billion from Amazon. So, you know, they made it, they did it, but they had so many trial and error up until that point of what the actual product was. 
And so that's what life is. That's what entrepreneurship is. That's what your journey is right now is a lot of trial and error and who you are when things are not working out for you because we can all easily be so excited when things are always working out. And it's like, that's what makes you who you are. And so my mom, I would say, has really instilled the resiliency and perseverance. Like she didn't let me give up. Although she did ask me, she's like, do you want to be the best? Like, do you want to do this? You know, give me an honest answer. Because obviously, if I wasn't into it, I didn't want to do it. You know, she would have probably been like, okay, well, you don't have to do that. But I said, yeah, because I didn't want to let her down. I didn't, I didn't want to let myself down. And it just takes that one person to believe in you, to believe in your potential of what's possible in your life. And that's why I believe in mentorship. I believe in coaching. I believe in, you know, and I had mentors before, you know, for many years from, you know, people that came into my life that saw the potential in me, investors that invested in me. I've had, you know, my third gym was completely investor based. Um, and so being able to like go to someone and say, wow, you're going to invest 300,000 in me and my idea. Like, oh, you know, and that's a lot of pressure, but also I was so determined to make it work. So it just takes that one person to believe in you. And so, yeah, in the beginning, if I had to go way back, it was my mom. Mm, I love that story. I love the fact that too, that, you know, she asked you Mm -hmm. that it wasn't a, it wasn't a story of like forcing you into it. And, Mm -hmm. and I don't know. And that had to have been tough for your mom too, because I know junior Olympics, that's expensive. I yeah. I had my daughter it playing some of those as a single mom. So I'm, yeah. as, you're, as you're talking about it, I was like, oh, I feel that literally mm-hmm. to, to my core. Yeah. And when you said um, it's the failures and it, it was so true because wouldn't life be boring if we, if we were always succeeding but the people who really, I think, end up making it big or have success in their life, you will never, ever, ever hear a success story that does not have an accompanying failure story. Mm-hmm. Or some sort of adversity or obstacle or, yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely not. So I feel like for anybody listening, especially if you're in that phase where you're you're in it, the adversity, you're in what feels like a failure, you should stop stop for a second and celebrate it and and know that it's really preparing you for you know for what's coming for you, like the next bit for for your success. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. so, bad. so if you had one little nugget of advice, like one last, I mean there's been so much in the in this podcast so far in this conversation, but if you had one more little juicy nugget of wisdom you could share, what would it be? Mm, it would definitely be enjoy the journey. Um, and this is coming from someone that did not stop to smell the roses. I celebrate it all. Fall in love with your life. Fall in love with your business. Celebrate it all and enjoy the journey. Enjoy the process because that's where that's where all the gold is. Mm, it's it's really so, so true. I feel like those things can sound, it's like cliches are a cliche for a very good reason because Mm -hmm. they're so, so true, which I think starts to be that piece of of embodiment. When you hear something that sounds like cliche for for a moment, because we we say these things, is to like stop for a second and get super present with it and like allow yourself to fully feel it because you're like, oh yeah. And like you know, dropping into the process, loving it, falling in love with it. That's, I mean, that's really essentially 
what we're all searching for, right? This idea yeah. of like finding meaning and purpose and happiness in your life. If you actually just stop and get really excited about the process of things in your day-to-day life, like mm-hmm. that's why we're here. For sure. And the reason I say that is because I spent so many years not, I caused so much anxiety within me to perform a certain way, to look a certain way, to get the accolade, to get to the thing that I never actually enjoyed the process. Like I never actually like, wow, I never actually stopped to say I'm here. Like, oh my gosh, like, let me just celebrate this. It was always this like animosity and anxiety ridden within me that I, mm-hmm. I never actually got to to stop to smell the roses, to enjoy the process, to like bask in the the accomplishment of where I was at that moment. And I have so many different examples I can share about that. So, and that's one thing I, when I look back, I'm like, gosh, I did that thing. And that's so cool. Like, why didn't I appreciate it more? Why didn't I appreciate the process of getting to that place more? And, you know, I just like whisked by it and it wasn't important and I was on to the next. And so, yeah, just stop and enjoy the journey. Yeah. So good. Uh, so I know everyone listening wants to get into your world. So what's the best way for them to find you? How do you, yeah. how, do, how do you like for them to say hello? What's tell us all the things. Yes. I hang out gosh, a couple of different platforms, but I would say definitely Instagram's the easiest. So I hang out over on Instagram, just my first and last name at Felicia Romero. Um, TikTok, same thing. I have a podcast called the High Felicia Podcast where you can uh, tons of awesome episodes on there and you can get a little bit deeper understanding of who I am and what I'm about. Um, but yeah, probably Instagram is the best way. Hi, Felicia. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) So good. So all that, of course, for ease will be in the show notes. So go ahead and scroll down, find that, uh, easy to access those links so that you can go over and say, hello to Felicia, say, you know, tell her you found her on the super expander podcast and you know, get inside her world. She's a wealth of knowledge. So go, go, go say hi, go follow her. Thank you so, so much for being here. I appreciate you taking the time for this conversation. So grateful for you. Absolutely. This was so fun. Thank you again. Mm, Likewise. We will catch you on the next episode. If you like what you heard, stop, drop, and leave a five-star review and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. As always, the best way that you can thank our amazing guests is to share your biggest takeaway and then tag us on social media.